This is Not Your Father's Fundraising Podcast, a podcast about, you guessed it, nonprofit fundraising. This isn't the first podcast about it, but definitely not like any others you've listened to. This is a podcast for fundraisers by fundraisers. No boring charts or the same stale best practices you've heard for years. No ideas that only work in theory here. No concepts from people who aren't in the same trenches as you are every single day. Each week, you'll get practical strategies and tips to craft messages that engage donors and raise more money. This isn't smoke and mirrors. Everything has been pressure tested in the real world. Plus, you can start using them as soon as the episode ends. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan Thomas and Steve Thomas. Hi, welcome to This Is Not Your Father's Fundraising Podcast. This is episode one, our premiere episode, why you might be thinking your donors too much. I'm your host, Ryan Thomas. And I'm Steve Thomas, the co-host. The co-host. Uh, well, yeah. I don't know. Co-host, assistant to the co-host. <laughs> we, we, we can call it whatever we want, but uh, we're, we're both with Onicity and we're a boutique ad agency uh, focused on helping fundraise and marketing for nonprofits. That's what gets us out of bed. And we wanted to start this podcast because we have conversations about fundraising. If you do this work, you know it doesn't stop at the end of the day or at the end of a project. Uh, you're living, breathing, thinking about this all the time. And we realized that we were having conversations at restaurants back when you could uh, go into restaurants and at gatherings back when you could have gatherings. And uh, we were talking about things and wanted to give other people a seat at the metaphorical table uh, to have those conversations with us. And so yeah. here we are. And if you're paying close attention at home or on your commute or however you're listening to your podcast, uh, you may have noticed that Steve and I share a last name. Huh. Imagine that. may make the title of the podcast make a little more sense, have a little more relevancy. Maybe you get the one joke. Of us is, one of us is father, one of us is son. Not and just... the father. <laughs> and uh, so that's part of where the name of the podcast came. And... If you're paying also extra close attention, um, Onicity is spelled one I city. O-N-E-I-C-I-T-Y. Hmm. But if you get close, Google will take care of the rest and still get you to our site, to our page, however you want to interact with us. And speaking of interacting with us, uh, podcast at onicity.com again o-n-e-i-c-i-t-y is the email address to send us your positive feedback and positive suggestions the and that's when you probably don't want to just get close on right you got to actually have one exactly i don't think Google can help with that can help with the email address uh, but we got a spam filter set up on that email address. So all the negative feedback gets zapped. You know, it doesn't get to us. We're not, we're not interested in that. We want only the good things. And likewise, we only want the five star ratings on Apple or uh, wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, Overcast, wherever it is. 
that helps us in the algorithm. And even though it's about as opaque as Facebook's newsfeed algorithm, uh, we know that that helps. And so we, we want the five-star ratings, only the five-star ratings. And our first segment that we like to do every week is called mail call. And sometimes it's digital. Sometimes it's, you know, the actual direct mail, the pieces of paper that you can feel in your hand, but either way, it's things that we have seen out in the wild that caught our attention for sometimes good reason. Sometimes it's a bad reason, but either way, it used to be something that uh, you and I would say, Hey, you got to look at this. Hey, here's a picture. Uh, take so a now we're, we're letting them in on the, uh, the, the, the strange conversations that happen around fundraising. Yeah. At least, and, and maybe not our strangest conversations. We at least filter a little bit. But we're but, doing those as, as, as sort of director's cuts at the end of the DVD, right? Is that how yeah, those work? If you're, if, if you hop on our, our Patreon, we haven't started yet. You can, uh, you can get the, the blooper reel, the director's cuts, you know, if you want, we'll even re-record them or re-watch these and, and do commentary as we're, as we're going. And oh, like, nice. oh, here's what I'm thinking nice. right here. This is not going to go well. But uh, this week, uh, for the first one, uh, what I, I don't have it because it was actually told to me because we actually do this, not formally, but again, as a team at Oneicity, uh, people, we all share this stuff that we see because we all want to try to make our work better or hey we found this we ought to try this for a client and uh, gracie on our team sent me a picture of something she got in the mail and like many of our team she measures her time in this work in decades and so it takes a lot to get her attention uh, and so she had a letter that wasn't from an address she knew and was going to throw it away. But as she's throwing it away, she flips it over. And on the back, the envelope is sealed with the gold crown circle sticker from Hallmark. Oh yeah. Yeah. And she, she literally thought, well, I thought this was junk mail, but it, okay. It's obviously it's, not. I, somebody, somebody sent me something from Hallmark <laughs> and uh, the front wasn't handwritten it wasn't auto pen it was the handwriting font that looks like junk mail and so there was a huge disconnect in her brain of this junk mail where it can't be with a sticker so she opened she's it. she's a very sophisticated consumer of direct mail though so right so she's she knows that font it was the it was the foil the gold foil seal that really got her attention it literally flipped her to the the front and she said, I had to relook. Okay. Yeah, no, that is, that is the font that is fake. So, okay. What's inside. So she opens it and it's a nice message from Costco, uh, reminding <laughs> her, her and her husband to auto renew their membership. And if they do by a certain date, you know, they get a, they get an extra benefit or whatever. And, but what struck me out of that is like you said, she's, an industry veteran been around a long time and very jaded <laughs> and but yet she, that piece that told her brain this is from a real person <laughs> overrode the other parts of her brain that were screaming this is junk mail and so anything we can do on the envelope uh, all fundraisers know if you're sending direct mail your envelope 
is half the battle. Maybe and, more. Yeah, that's true. And, <laughs> and so if you can win that and uh, you're doing something right, it's going it, right. to, you have a better chance of, of your appeal or your newsletter working and um, not at all saying, okay, the new strategy is go out, buy as many of those Hallmark stickers as you can find or swipe as I think they're declaring chapter 11. Not, not swipe. We, let's not advocate the swiping thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, don't do that. But anything you can do to, uh, to create that person to person connection, this isn't junk mail. This is something you care about uh, donor on the other end at the mailbox. That's a big deal. And if you get them in the envelope, you have a higher percentage chance of them actually getting through your entire appeal or letter and then giving a gift at the end. Mm -hmm. So Costco Hallmark match made in heaven works. So make it, uh, find every way you can to personalize and make it uh, person to person connection. Mm -hmm. Perfect. All right. So mine, weirdly enough, uh, and, and if anybody ever listens to two of these podcasts, they're going to figure out that we, while we prepare ahead, we don't actually reveal too much about what we're going to talk about to each other. Um, yeah. Mine's sort of the opposite of that. Um, so I'm going to do a try to, in case we use the video, I'm going to work really hard not to show too much on camera. Uh, so, <laughs> cause I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I, this is a, this is a, a, a beautiful produced, clearly somebody, and I'm just going to kind of show, try to get it at an angle where it doesn't. Yeah. Okay. So this is a multi-page piece and you can see beautiful imagery, well-designed, some some very smart graphic designer, you know, got their branding book out and, you know, just did a great job with this. And uh, I had this wonderful uh, uh, note that is uh, in a, again, in a, in a, in a uh, auto font, uh, something, something mechanical producing it, but it's a really good one. And so even with my uh, having seen a bunch of this stuff, I'm thinking, Oh, that's, that doesn't necessarily look like it was driven by a computer. And so I, I look at the, the addressing, you know, so the letter to me and it's got the date and then it has the, um, the, the address block and the address block is to, um, do you, is to Mr. Mr. Steve at, what? and then the ad, yeah. So my, my first name is at the end of the address of, of the, fir, of the, of the name block. And then my, the, our address begins with Thomas at, and then it was our old address at 1035. And then the street name has dropped into the city, followed by, instead of the state, the state being accurate, it's the first two digits of, the, of our previous city. And so they got one field off on the data. Wow. I bet if they hadn't. <laughs> sent that you know first class uh, with you know with with it being oh, a nice no, kit that on, never would the, have been delivered the envelope was fine it was only on the beautiful personalization piece oh. inside where where oh. again you, you're authenticating how well do i know you look at this beautiful piece how do you... so design oh. is is great design won't raise many dollars getting data right 
will raise the dollars. More importantly, getting data wrong makes you take these beautiful pieces, which I'm, again, I'm trying, I don't want to embarrass anybody, it, it, get them thrown in the trash can. Because you know it really wasn't done, to your point, by a person to another person. Hmm. Yeah. So data is not sexy. Nobody really wants to talk about data. But if you don't do the data right, it don't matter how pretty it is. Yeah, because it will either not get to the right person or it'll be painfully obvious it, it is not to the right person. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we, we don't reveal these in advance, and sometimes they may both be bad examples, <laughs> or sometimes they may both be good. We'll, we'll shoot for symmetry, but we know we're not always going to hit that. But next is a, a something actionable. Because in what we're talking about in the topic of the episode, why you may be thinking your donors too much, uh, that that's not something that you could necessarily start or stop pretty instantly after mm. you listen to this episode. But we want to make sure there is always something that after you listen all the way through, don't fast forward, but at the end of the episode, when you're done, there's something that you can go do and is an actionable tip or trick or strategy that you can implement. Or if you're already doing that, this is just your daily dose of uh, validation that what you're doing, the time you spent doing that was worth it because it's being recommended to people who aren't doing that. And what I, what I want to touch on is uh, email versioning and uh, email versioning, you know, sounds a little sexier than just data in general, but the theme or the point of why you want to version your emails to people is because you want to talk to them like you know them, like you just said, person to person. And when I talk about email versioning, uh, what I mean is taking your email list or your email database, you know, whatever it is where you're keeping all the email addresses you have available to you to send and finding out, is there anything else you know about them? Do you know if they came to your event last year that you're about to start uh, ramping up for? Did they give to this email appeal that was a certain topic or uh, whatever it is you know, and you may not know as much as you want, but if you look, you know something about them because you know their name, you know when they gave. And even if you're not using a complicated appeal coding, you can figure out based on when they gave probably why they were giving kind of that motivation. And so when you're messaging about that topic again, whether it's, hey, this event's coming up or it's time for back to school, so we're doing school supply drive again, you can message that donor and say, Hey, Mr. Donor, you've given to this before. So you know why it's important. You know why school supplies can help break uh, the cycle of poverty for a child experiencing homelessness, or you came to our gala last year and uh, your gift made such an impact. I can't wait to share with you the details of what's coming up this year or anything like that tells a donor, tell someone on the other end, okay, they know me. This isn't just a blasted email that could go to anybody because in a donor's mind, I, 
I'm the only one sort of who came to that event. You know, that's a very personal thing or that gift was personal. So telling me, I know you gave to school supplies makes it seem like and feel like the person who's writing the email, who it's from, sat down and put fingers to keys and said, hey, John, I'm, I'm so glad you gave to school supplies last year. The ones you provided made such an impact. But there are kids this year who are in need again, and I hope you'll stand with us. That resonates. And go ahead. I was going to say that one of the things that, that uh, uh, a good way of thinking about this is uh, if, you, if you were literally opening your mail app or Outlook or however you send an email, um, uh, what would you write to, the, to, to a single donor? And, and and this allows you to think, well, I would mention they went to this event or I, I will mention that you helped with this last year. Uh, you, you want them batched up in reasonable amounts, getting the data right, witness our previous conversation about, about how important data is. But that that lets you make sure that you're connecting with them. Now, I, one of the things that I would say, having, having done a little bit of this over time, is you, can, you, you wanna make sure your, your versions, the things you're sending to the groups of people, not only make sense, but it's, it's reasonable. Uh, if, you have, if you have 300 people on your email list, it's, you probably don't want six versions. It's probably not worth the time to do that. Hmm. Uh, but if you've got a, an email list that's got, you know, 5,000 people on it and it's a six year old email list that you've been, you know, uh, curating over time, you can slice and dice that a few ways. And, and you, you might have three or four different distinct uh, uh, groups that allow you to make a discrete segmentation where you're separating them and talking to them. A lot of ways to go about that. And technically, uh, no matter what email platform you're on, once you've like MailChimp or, or, or you know, campaign those... monitor or yeah. um, any of Blackbot's various offerings. Once you slice and dice, like you said, and found who these people are, here's my opportunity to talk to them, uh, validating that I know them. Any, any email program you're using, as long as it's not Outlook, is going to support that process and you're not against the, outlook it's just you're looking for the mass send right not right just the one right yeah and in outlook you could do it you could do it as well it's just a lot more manual yeah. and uh, it's it's really pretty straightforward the different buttons and process you you do will be a little different but there will be an article about how to do it um, their help team will know what you're looking for and how to help but that's something that really quickly uh, you can develop an email that sounds different and connects with a person. And, you know, like we've already talked about connecting with a person will get somebody who knows this is junk mail in their brain, in their heart of hearts, it will still get them to open and connect. And mm -hmm. that's the goal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, the goal is to get them to give a gift and now segue into our episode topic after they give a gift. Every organization, I, I, I'm comfortable saying every organization says thank you. Yeah. But um, I'll just throw you a loaded question. But is <laughs> thank you the right thing to say after you get a gift? I, I, since you know, since we're little kids, somebody gives you a gift, 
you know, you're sometimes mom or dad will, will take it real quick and make the, make, you know, you that the look. Kids say thank you before <laughs> you actually get it returned to you. It's almost like that gift goes into escrow first. And well, yeah, that's and, the right and, thing and, to do. Yeah. And, and I think that's exactly right. And I, and I, 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 uh, one of the things that, uh, um, we won't hide this, you know, our, our familial relationship, you know, one of the things that, you know, uh, I can recall drilling into into your head was say thank you and and you know whether it's a server or you know a grandma laying out your favorite dessert or it's at Christmas or whatever you say you, you say thank you and that's not I'm just good the... at it as long as I'm not hangry. <laughs> well, the problem is um, that is that is wonderfully polite that is a, that that that's the right social construct that works uh the problem is many nonprofits, uh and i can even say uh back to your point about all they do say thank you the problem is that's not the most powerful thing you can do in the moment after a gift so let, let's let's lay some track and say um a receipt, uh, which is, you know, a, 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 a device that says you, Mr. And Mrs. Donor gave this many dollars to this organization and in accordance with the IRS, blah, blah, blah. You can, you can now go into TurboTax. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, you know, it, either, either it's stated or implied that you're, you know, you uh, uh, didn't receive any goods in exchange for that or, you know, it, it's, a, it's a legitimate deduction. So that transaction, the acknowledgement, the receiving of that gift is usually combined with a thank you. And, and many nonprofits, uh, they, get, they get led astray by accounting or a lawyer or a board member that the most important thing is that, that foundational uh, accounting process. And that is so wrong. You have to do that. I'm not advocating against that. It's just not enough. Because no one gives a gift to be thanked to when they're giving to a to a uh, to a nonprofit. Now, if if I give you a gift for a wedding or you know you, you know a, a child being born or your birthday, it's important that I hear you say thank you because I want to know that you got it and you appreciated it. A nonprofit, a donor needs to hear different words. They need to know that the gift made a difference. They need, uh, we, we train and teach and, and um, shameless book plug in, in Donoricity, the book we did, we talk a lot about this and we call it feedback and validation. And the way to think about that is a thank you is what everyone does. Oh, you gave a gift. Um, last time we were recording, we were talking about cats. I'll have to think of something else. You gave a gift to free the butterflies in Brazil and thank you for that. Well, okay. But if you say, thank you for your gift to free their butterflies in Brazil, because of your gift, 50 million butterflies were freed last month. Oh, I have no idea what freeing butterflies has to do with any of that. But, but I know that I may, that, that's kind that of signals. You. Yeah. And then if you say even, you know, another step down is, is to say, 50 million butterflies were 
uh, were freed, because of that, the rainforest will live for a hundred years. I don't know what, what whatever. But but you see the difference. You're starting with thank you, and thank you is fine. But then you have to say, here's the difference your gift made. You you um, uh, helped fifty dogs be rescued. You helped. Uh, people who are experiencing homelessness uh, have a safe place to sleep. You help children in poverty have uh, tutoring. Yeah, whatever it is, well, the, the gold star best thing you can do is not only think, and not only you say, here's the difference, but then you say, because. That word because is so powerful. We'll Hopefully we'll talk about that at, at another time. But anytime you use that word because... The, the human brain does something interesting to connect that with what's coming. It says, ah, there's something important coming. And you allow them to understand not only, say, we'll call it the quantity, not only the, the, the impact that happened, but the consequence of the impact from a positive standpoint. You get the power of the gift shown that way. And donors respond powerfully when you thank and you, all, you give them some feedback and validation beyond the classic receding and thank you stuff that goes on where it's, it's all about the, the, the accounting process and making sure they can make a tax deduction and all that. Because a donor, a donor didn't give thinking, okay, I'm going to give this hundred bucks so I can get this tax deduction opportunity. And I mean, one, we know that just conceptually, but we've, we tested a few years ago, uh, that language, you know, talking about a tax deduction, even mentioning it versus not and mentioning it actually drove down giving, uh, we use that as a good <laughs> example to use in a, in a future episode, but we know donors give again, because of a problem they want to solve or help with. They're giving because of all those butterflies who are trapped. They're giving because <laughs> of the dogs who, who, you know, who are running free. They're, they're, they're free and they ought to be um, sheltered. Trapped. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they ought to be trapped. And so a donor is giving because of something they want to happen. And then, so when, like you said, when you validate, here's your gift, Here's what that did. And I tie that back to your motivation for giving a donor, uh, sees that, okay, it, it, it did what I wanted and I am excited about that. And then you've now tied in, they feel good about you more recently. And then in most cases, after you give a gift, you're going to enter the fundraising mail stream. If you haven't already, the next gift that comes maybe they pay a little more attention and they're, they're happier with you. People feel better at the end of a feedback validation cycle than they do after a thank you cycle, because mm -hmm. they were mostly raised like you and know, well, that's just what you have to do. Like, <laughs> yeah. Then, and, and I, I, I have to get people's attention. I have actually, you know, gone out with language that where I said, you need to stop thanking your donors. And that's, that's fun because it kind of puts the brakes on the brain and it's like, what, what are you, have you lost your mind? Well, I'm not actually saying, stop saying thank you. I'm just saying thank you is, is not enough. And if you want to stand out in today's very competitive 
marketplace for gaining attention, you have to, you just have to do more. And it's not enough to say, thank you. You you have to validate and feedback the difference to the donor. Uh, One of the things that I would say is you mentioned direct mail and that kind of thing, but uh, in the digital space, it's, it's really common for it, this to be an automated process where the second my credit card goes through and we, you know, together have fooled Chase Bank into believing my credit card is good again this well, month. It and worked so, again. You know, <laughs> it worked again, right? And so it goes through and then, you know, the magic of the technology uh, in the next, oh, seven or eight heartbeats, uh, into, the, into my inbox pops this auto-generated, ta-da, it worked. Here's the dollars you put in. Thank you so much for, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it is really tempting to make that enough because it, it just happens fast. Now, there's no substitute for quick. And, and I, I think that's a, uh, there's, there, we have tested to the extent we can, the faster you can acknowledge the gift, the faster you can connect back that way, mm-hmm. the better the donor relationship begins. So you, you, you have that moment, but the validation feedback piece can come after. And, and it, it is a little bit of effort. It is a little bit of time. But the, the change that happens in a donor's mind from just a thank you to feedback and validation is mm. significant. Because typically, if you've done a good job with fundraising, you have set in place in the donor's mind, there's a problem I can help solve. Or here's a situation I can make different. Or here's a piece uh, of the world that will be better if I take this step. And if you only say thank you and then fundraise to them again, there's a huge disconnect. But if you say you responded, thank you, beautiful, and then maybe separate, maybe even attach that that thank you, depending on, on how you want to operate. You come back and say, because of you, here's that word again, because, because of you, the this happened. These things are different. Uh, uh, one of the things that I highly recommend is that the, the feedback validation be as specific as you can manage in your technology. And by that, yeah. I mean, you, you make it, you make it very, you know, if, if someone gave to a specific appeal or a specific um, uh, uh, landing page on your website or to a specific email. Topic. Yeah. Yeah. You take that same, you take those same, that same language, the, 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 the methodology and the pieces you did in influencing that donor's decision and you feed it back to them saying, um, so say, so say, you know, one of the butterflies was named Larry that you're trying to free, and you had mentioned Larry in this in in your your email to them asking for help, and you say you say, Larry is doing great because of people that, like you. I've run out of things I know about butterflies. Um, the the goal is making sure the validation fit the appeal or the the influence or the persuasion piece so that mm. they see that one-to-one and, and you and because it's in the middle you gave a gift because you gave a gift this is different this other thing happened yeah and yeah and that's that's sort of the super best or super ideal is to be able to have that validation tie tightly into the exact uh, person they gave to your topic uh, but 
the 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 rung below that is that's best is is just validating even in a general sense that's still better than saying thank you and leaving it at that and exactly and in in digital it's usually going to be easier to do that even though that sounds counterintuitive uh, most systems that you're using to process a gift have auto you know we all know automated receipts like you talked about and th there's going to be a way for that to be edited and some you can do it on your own you can do it in you know in the back end of that system others you can't um, it's worth emailing any contact the help desk at any of that system even if all you can do is for you know a one-time fee of 50 bucks include a sentence that goes into that automated email because if you can validate 10 seconds after the gift is given every single time and it's rock solid that it's it's always going to happen even if it's general and you can't be specific about the person mentioned or the butterfly mentioned there is huge value in that consistency um, the timeline, that tight gap of 10, 15 seconds in between. And you, you can look to the future for being able to do it really customized, but that's really, it, it's possible to do. And if you can't do if for whatever reason, you're on a system that where it can't be done, it, it's worth gathering the names and making that a Monday or a Friday tradition of doing an email blast. You could even do it as another blast in your email system saying, hey, so-and-so, because of your gift, uh, I just wanted to take time out of my week at the start of the week or at the end of the week. I wanted to end my week by telling you how important your gift was to this butterfly named Larry. It was awesome. <laughs> and because of you, you know, he's out fluttering, doing whatever it is. These kids... <laughs> now have school supply you you can find a way to do it if you keep in your head that the idea is thank you is is legal it's but it's not enough and just validating why they gave a gift and you know why they gave a gift because you know you know what you do and you know what what you asked them to give a gift for and validate that make sure they know they were a, a problem solver they were a big superhero for that problem mm. and they're going to feel good I, what you were saying made me think about something I, I intended to say earlier, which is that um, in this, you, it, maybe you heard that we were making it specific about the difference being made. It's really easy in these moments to, to, to slip into an organizational mindset where you, you thank them for taking care of the organization, which basically means you're thanking them for, you know, giving your nonprofit the dollars, which happens, but you're the most powerful fundraising to, makes the nonprofit the vehicle for what the donor wants to do, not the most important part. So in this feedback and validation thing, you don't want to say, hey, we made budget this month because of you, which is really cringeworthy kind of language. And it goes on. If you have to say something like that, put the because after it and say, we made budget because of you. And because of that, you're giving, we were able to, or these good things happened. Um, 
the most powerful feedback and validation has very little to do with your organization or your nonprofit. Mm -hmm. It has everything to do with what the donor is in, in their mind, they are doing on the streets or in the jungles of the Amazon or with, a, with children they're trying to help or whatever your cause is. So uh, don't slide into organizational thinking where you thank them for helping you with your budget. Even if you ask them to help you with your budget and boy, just don't tell me you did that because it was a, it, you know, that's just not ideal. There are so many other don't ways. Don't send that into about. podcast at onecity.com. Yeah. And in fact, you know, we, we should have a, a, an episode sometime where we talk about all the ways you can talk about helping you with budget that where you don't actually have to mention budget because nobody wants to pay for the lights. You don't want to try to convince them to that. You want them to be focused on the difference you're making. And mm -hmm. that's the powerful, uh, the powerful moment about this feedback and thank you. Great. I, I'm here without a pen or a piece of paper. So you're, you're going to have to remember that that's, that that's an episode idea. Cause I, I'll never got it right there. So email us that we thought about that episode topic <laughs> and scroll okay. through your podcast feed to see if we've gotten there. If we haven't gotten to it yet and you don't see it as an available episode, let us know that we still need to talk about that. Okay. If anyone actually does that, I, that, that would just be, quite amazing so any, you, anybody, you and I have, any, if they do that they you know they they can be a guest on the show one week oh that's interesting okay you're already doing premiums that's fun that's, okay yeah, yeah that's uh, a guest star a guest appearance a guest appearance uh, and guess. and all of our guest stars uh, we make bobbleheads for them right sure sure yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah we do just gotta Google how to make a bobblehead. So that <laughs> that that should you were that, actually that, speechless, sir. That was I really was. I really was speechless. That wasn't your audio feed dropping out, and that I don't. That's that's rare to happen. Uh, but so that val that that validates why you should validate instead of thinking, yeah. and it will likely if you're not already focused on doing that it may be uncomfortable at first because mm -hmm. you're breaking a habit you're using different muscles and and it's a little bit of trouble mm -hmm. i mean it's it, it's not it's it's not as easy as just thank dear thank you dear ryan easy. thank you yeah uh at being able to say why but if you want another gift you, you have to plan for this because there are people out there doing this. One more, oh, one more thing I was going to, I was going to mention before. Oh, we're out of time. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Fair, fair. Um, so a lot of, uh, a lot of people who are in small organizations, uh, and I, I'm talking about it either in terms of staff or resources, uh, you'll long to be big. And, and there are some advantages to being big. There's no doubt about it. But, but one of the advantages you have if you're in a small organization is you can do this validation and feedback stuff at a level nobody else can do. Now, it, mm. it's a little manual and you may, you may literally be, you know, typing, you know, someone's name in your, in your email address. 
but it will get noticed and understand the biggies, these big nonprofits are spending a lot of money, either in terms of hiring people to get to help them do it, or in terms of, of the, the tools and resources to do it, to look small and validate and feedback at the level you can do, as, as you were saying, Ryan, on a Friday morning before you leave the office. So one of the advantages, and there are many advantages to being small, one of the advantages of being small is this feedback validation thing is easy because you already have the contact directly with your donors. And so uh, if you're small, let this be your superpower. Let this be your, your secret weapon to beat the big guys and, and be able to do your work at the most significant ways. And one of the things I, I, I absolutely... Um, I, I'll, I'll just guarantee everybody's money back on this podcast. If they paid for this podcast, it's a money back guarantee, right? Yep, I will guarantee if you do this feedback validation for a year with your donors, steadily, every time someone gives a gift, you say, thank you, that's fine. But you also in some way validate their decision to give and feedback to them the difference their gift made. They will give to you more and you will see a difference on the bottom line. And that's one of the things that's glorious about this. This is not some kind of um, mumbo jumbo, mamby pamby, you know, this is, this is nothing but strictly if you want your bottom line to be better, if you want to have more revenue, if you want to have donors happier with the work you're doing, validation and feedback, validation and feedback. I'm a fan. Yeah. Last thing I'm going to say is some people struggle with this yep. because they don't have anything to tell people about the difference they made. And that's a signal that you got something going on in your organization. That's not good. You either, you're not reporting well, or maybe you're not doing good work, but if you can't validate and feedback to your donors, the difference their gifts are made making in a very concrete way, um, that's not a marketing problem. That's an organizational problem. And, and one, so that made me think, uh, early on in our, in our work with, with a client, they had an issue, not an issue, a, a struggle. Yeah. It wasn't easy to use those different muscles. And, mm -hmm. and it, it was, and it was such a, a funny conversation because it's okay. Yeah. I, I agree but I don't, I, I don't know how, and it, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it, it was like, okay, well, I agree. I ought to get stronger, but I, I don't, I don't know how to make my arms bigger. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the ways, uh, somebody on our team thought about it and presented it to them that resonated was imagine if that donor walked in the door and said, Hey, I gave a gift yesterday. Uh, I'd like to see, I'd like to see what you did with it. What, what can you show me? You, <laughs> And, and she you'd find and so something. She, yeah, well, and she even said, she said, look, you're not a scam. You know, you're not running a fake storefront like in the sting or those, you know, those, those old movies, you've got things to show you're doing work. Mm -hmm. And so you'd show mm -hmm. them around. And so just write down what you would show them around to see. And mm -hmm. that helped them understand. Okay. So even, even that counts as like, yes, even people are eating in the dining room because of you. Yes, that mm -hmm. really resonates with a donor. Oh, okay. 
And mm-hmm. so to your point, it, it could be hard and it is, it is, I keep going back to muscles. It is very much like using different muscles, but it I, I think that's going to pay off. I think that's a, that's a, unlike most of, or many of your metaphors, that one actually makes a lot of sense. And, um, it, it really, it really works well. You didn't even laugh when I gave you that heart. You, I got, no, you're not, I got the, the hard thing or the bad thing is you're not wrong, you're not. <laughs> but you're not quitting. So, so, so the muscle thing, it, it, it is painful at the beginning as you, when you start training and working out and, and you won't get it all right the first time. And, and, but the more you do it, the better you, 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 you get the rhythm of it. You understand what works best for you. Boy, the first time a donor responds and they're, they're waving your validation piece at you and you say, and they say, this is why I'm giving again, you'll, and that's something that that happens. happens. No, oh, I, I was, I, 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 we've had clients and people who, who, who were in our, our circle, you know, this, they, they've literally had people take the validation feedback piece and give a big gift off of it because of, because of the, of the connecting the gift and the difference. It's magic. Guaranteed Recl- magic. Yeah. Guaranteed magic. No smoke. You know, we said no smoke and mirrors, but at, but this is magic. Yeah. This is the real magic. This is this is the good magic. It's donor magic. Don't ooh, that's a that's a good that's a good name quick, for another book. Buy that. Yeah, buy that. Yeah, let's buy that URL real quick. Uh, and so next I, I want to segue into the into another set of conversations you and I have a lot uh, about something that ought to be on your radar. And this, these are things that in the past not, before this, not my radar on the listener or viewers radar, right? Right. Your okay. quote unquote, somebody else's. And, and the, the, the way I think about it, why I titled it is I can't think of the number of times you and I have texted or emailed or in a meeting said, Hey, is, have you read this article or did you see that tweet? Mm-hmm. Did you, no, I, I haven't gotten to that or I didn't see it. Well, it, it ought to be on your radar. It's not something you've got to stop down work and read right now, but I know what you like. You're into the same things I am. Uh, and all of you listening to this podcast are into the same things we are, which is fundraising for nonprofits and helping people accomplish missions. So these are things that ought to be on your radar. Uh, they won't be my top 10 tweets. That's, that's for my Twitter feed, but these are related to uh, things fundraisers think about that ought to be on your radar and outside of the podcast, you and I pass back and forth. So I, I'll go first. We'll, we probably will not remember to alternate weekly just because we aren't that good. But um, this week I'll go first. Mine is about the world's cheapest car. And it is from, you know, it was in, in India, uh, in the nineties and Tata motors, I believe I'm saying that correctly. It may not be though. It's T-A-T-A motors. Uh, they had recently unveiled a really cheap work truck that, um, I was about to say that blew up, but it didn't, it, it just did really well and it became almost ubiquitous over there. And with that emerging economy and oh, yeah. the chairman of that group of that, that motor group was 
uh, being chauffeured somewhere because he, he's a big shot. He, he has a driver. And in traffic, he saw a family of four on a motorbike, uh, sort of a moped kind of motorcycle thing. A family of four were sh- literally oh, in front yeah. of him sharing that a motorcycle transportation. Yeah, yeah. And, you see that. And the majority walk. And then the people who, who kind of get a step up, you know, they get a motorbike, but that's the family motorbike. And he realized we ought to make a car that a family of four here in India can afford so that they aren't, you know, you're not on a motorbike. You can get into a car. It shouldn't just be for the wealthy. And so they, they, they cut out needless things. They cut the fat everywhere. It had two cylinders didn't have <laughs> cylinders didn't, yeah didn't come <laughs> didn't come with exterior mirrors uh, it did have oh, wow. four wheels but I, I think windshield wipers were optional i mean they they really just said okay wh- well we're building yeah. a car what does a car have okay that's all we're doing and wow and it accomplished the goal of uh being a car that was affordable for people who had a job and that all that so often you set out with a goal and you worked execute they didn't encounter scope creep they hit their Mm. goal they had a target number this has to cost this because we know what people are making they did all the math they backtrack it it worked exactly right but in the unveiling in all the press for when this car is coming out and getting uh, bandied about in the press a phrase gets used by somebody on their marketing team. I couldn't find it in print Ugh. of any of their marketing materials, but in passing, they must have mentioned to somebody the world's cheapest car because every review of this car I can find, I'm New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and then multiple uh, local newspapers and magazines in India use that phrase, the world's cheapest car by Tata Motors. Sales plummeted, or I guess they they didn't plummet. They never got off the ground. They got worse. (laughs) And it didn't sell because in any society, nobody wants the car that everyone knows is cheap. Oh, interesting. You've got that hood ornament or that logo on the car. Everybody knows. Well, there probably would be have a huge, no hood ornaments on those cars. That's probably not. It didn't have a hood ornament. (laughs) But even in, and I don't want to talk too much about what I don't know, but I know a little bit about the caste system in India. Mm, mm. That is, uh, ex or exacerbated how much looking cheap or having something that's not aspirational is a negative and no man wants to go to his father-in-law's house and get out of a car that everybody knows the world's cheapest the world's cheapest car yeah interesting so you can accomplish your goal set out a goal that makes all the sense in the world but you make the wrong slightly wrong word choice in marketing Ah. and it all goes kaput and applying that to fundraising yeah i can't wait yeah well the world's cheapest envelope. nonprofit. <laughs> what what I took away from that one is just that marketing words matter. What you yeah, say they do. 
yeah really does have an impact for good or for ill but also that when you're spending all the time thinking about a new initiative whether it's a, a capital campaign or a new program you're going to do for the people you're serving or whoever it is all the attention that gets paid to how that needs to work make sure it's effective and actually does what you need to do you can't stop there. You then need to spend the exact same amount of time thinking about how you're going to appropriately talk about that to donors, because yeah. it can be the best education program, the best feeding kids after school program. But if you blow how you talk about it, nobody cares, or maybe even worse, they hate it. Yeah. Well, and I, I think I would say, and I, I, I really appreciate your perspective on that. Um, it, it, it's a great example of not sitting on the other side of the desk. And uh, I hear you talk a lot about uh, the other side of the table, the other side of the desk. And, and that's right. The, one of the things that we help clients do is see what the donor is thinking. Hear what a donor's mindset might be, what the donor ways to influence the donor's behavior are not always connected with what's happening inside the nonprofit or even the way the nonprofit is thinking. And so uh, a lot of times the nuance of that is about the, the, this language you're talking about. It makes perfect sense for the, for the, that car company, but it didn't make sense for the consumer. Ah, yeah. I, I, I think that's sad for somebody who had, you know, bought a, bought a car they could afford and pull up in front of their prospective father-in-law's house. And it's, you're getting out of the world's cheapest car. Okay. Yeah. Oh, man. Miserable, miserable. And, and and we've all seen examples of that in the nonprofit world. Can, it's a, it. a beautiful offer, great appeal, but it's framed in a way the organization wants, not the way the donor is thinking. So uh, it's deadly. And and um, a way to help with that, what a segue that Look was. At that. Uh, is a book uh, that I'll recommend called The Art of Explanation by Lefevre, I think, uh, L-E-F-E-V-E-R, um, Art of Explanation. Uh, this is a wonderful book uh, uh, that, that deals with how to explain things to people. And um, uh, one of the things that we struggle with on this podcast, in all candor, is how do we explain something that we are both experts in that we live and breathe and it's it's a lot of what we do in in our day not only just at work but in our in the rest of our day uh, how do we explain that to people and this is this allows you to not make some of the easy mistakes it gives you a, a framework and a process for talking to an outsider about something that is important to you as an insider it's, um, you know, it's a, it's a two hour flip through and read. What I love about it is it's rather practical and it does have uh, um, great diagramming of how to go about creating messaging. This is not a fundraising book, but I find some of the most powerful fundraising books are not actually about fundraising. And so the art of explanation by, and I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Uh, uh, Lefevre, Lefevre, Fever, L-E-F-E. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let me get through the spelling. L-E-F-E-B-E-R. Uh, the Art of Explanation. Worth your time. Pick up. Uh, that uh, we ought to, I mean, there, I, I was just thinking about that book there. We could almost do an episode on, on that and things to unpack out of that and messaging, but yeah. Yeah. 
to your point, some of my favorite books that I apply in our work are not fundraising books. Yeah. And it's not that fundraising books are bad. Hopefully, no, in fact, there's one, there's one really good there, fundraising the, book. The best one I've do. read is uh, Donoricity um, <laughs> by a guy. And by, by a guy, Thomas. By a guy. Yeah, by Thomas. Yeah. Can't remember his first name, and the last name's Thomas. You'll find out on Amazon. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I think why that is is that they're not, tr they're not focused on what's worked in fundraising they're focused on communicating a message in your case it's explaining something or how to get to yes or how to how to communicate in a certain way and that's what fundraising is it's communicating and yeah. um that that's something that has resonated with me and uh, while i have books about fundraising on my bookshelves and i you know i want people to see those uh if you look at them the spines may not quite be as worn or easy to open as as books like, uh, you know, the explainer, or I'm sure I'll talk about at some point made to stick and things like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, this has been the first, the premiere episode of not your father's fundraising podcast. Um, hopefully, uh, you'll give us the five star review wherever it is. You get your podcast, send your podcast questions or positive comments to podcast at oneicity.com. That's O-E-I-C-I-T-Y.com. -E Sometimes we'll tell them where the name came from. How about that? Yeah. Ooh, that could be a fun unlocking episode. Or we could do a history uh, of an mm. episode. No one cares anything about the history, but we'll tell them what it means. Yeah, we'll okay, tell them anyway. Go ahead. They can yeah. fast forward. But send your questions <laughs> to podcast at Winicity. Five-star reviews to anywhere you get your podcast. And next week in episode two, uh, we're going to talk about A-B testing sign-off phrases for your podcast. Ooh. Is this, a, so, is this an A or B sign-off? Uh, this, this, uh, we'll let the, the listener decide, but this may end up being a C. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Come back Thank next you. week. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Not Your Father's Fundraising Podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate that effort. Tune back in next week for another fresh episode of Not Your Father's Fundraising Podcast.